Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Insurance Lounge. Grab a cold beverage, kick your feet up, and relax a little bit. We've got the groove so smooth, it'll make the underwriter want to approve your submission without even looking at it. What? What's that? This is the wrong podcast? What? Oh. Oh, no. There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry. Those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. There is so much I wish I would have known before I made the freedom jump to the independent side. I mean, even now, I feel like I'm learning something new every single month. We're all about helping insurance agency owners and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. My team and I replaced six years of captive agency revenue in 17 months with RiskWell. 17 months, man. It's crazy. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and what I've learned along the way. We lay out a blueprint of how to make your freedom jump from captive to indie to market domination. I'm bringing you colleagues from markets across the country with dozens of different specialties. They're eager to share their stories and best practices with you. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Welcome to Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. Episode one. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining me. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Hailing from the great city of McKinney, Texas, as I record this on April 30th, 2021, we are coming off of our best month ever. And um, it's the perfect time to launch a podcast. In this first episode, I'm going to lay out the premise, the, the narrative of agency freedom. We're going to talk about the core areas of making the freedom jump from the captive world to the independent world. And we'll lay out exactly what you can expect from this podcast, as well as our origin story uh, in Marvel Comics terminology. Yeah, I'm not sure what my Avenger name would be. Uh, insurance man sounds kind of lame, but anyways, I, it's always helpful to have a context for where someone comes from. So the people that are listening to this podcast are generally going to be in one of three categories. The first are people that for whatever reason find me to be entertaining uh, or just ridiculous in general. There's this really interesting collision in podcast world between education and entertainment. And I think any successful podcast has to have both elements in abundance and, and find a good mix somewhere. So people that enjoy my flavor of edutainment, if you will, uh, are probably going to be listeners here. The second and probably the largest category is people that are in the captive world still. You're either owning an agency or working for one, and you see the appeal of the independent side, but uh, you're not exactly sure how to make your freedom jump, and man, you're in the right place for that. We're going to talk about it in detail, 
the pros and cons of captive, the pros and cons, of course, of the independent side, and what it looks like to make the jump and then achieve market domination, achieve lasting success once you are here on the independent side. And the third group of people listening to this are people that used to be captives and want to be better. They want to be um, the best possible version of themselves. So that is probably, I don't know, 99% of the people listening to this right now. So I have to first address, before we jump into the actual content, I really have to address the, the 800-pound gorilla in the room. The question of simply, James, do we really need to have another insurance podcast? I mean, there are so many great industry podcasts already. I personally listen to several of them. You know, the, the Babylon guys, uh, Zach and Matt, uh, they, they don't have the show anymore. It kind of ran its course. That was really the first insurance podcast that I ever got into. And now we've got Carruthers and Ryan Hanley and Bradley and Scott. You know, the insurance guys, the insurance dudes. There's lots of good podcasts. All the stuff on, on Cassid and um, the Agency Intelligence Network. There's a lot of great content out there. So why in the world is Jenkins starting a podcast? And I really want to be clear. I have no interest in writing coattails or being a copycat or delivering some sort of derivative of what's already in the podcast space. These guys are doing a great job. I, I'm a loyal listener, to use cast terminology, of several of these podcasts. I really enjoy it. So when I was approached uh, of, about the possibility of launching a podcast, uh, Cass challenged me and said, I want you to think about what sort of content you would deliver. When I got the invitation to be on the Agency Intelligence Network, uh, I was humbled, I was honored, I was excited, obviously. It's a, it's a cool thing to be asked to do something like that. But it took a lot of, of thought of figuring out what can I deliver that is unique in the, the zeitgeist of insurance podcasts. And I very quickly settled on my particular journey of coming from the captive world. I spent six years owning a captive agency. And to be fully transparent, I was pretty mediocre back then. There was nothing special or unique about anything that I was doing. I was very middle of the road. And we'll get into all of these details uh, later on and, and in future episodes. But I made the transition from the captive world, sold that agency, opened a scratch insurance agency here in McKinney, Texas, and over the last couple of years have morphed into uh, more of a risk manager first and an insurance agency owner uh, second, and learn how to be a business owner along the way. One of the core narrative points that you'll hear me say time and time again is there is a very big difference between being an insurance agent and being a business owner, and especially being a successful one, being a profitable one with a great team, and running your show with success, lasting success in the 12 core areas that we're going to be very briefly laying out later in this episode. And then in future episodes, we're going to be unpacking each of these 12 areas as it pertains to the independent world and the captive world. Talk about the benefits and features of each of these core areas, as well as the threats and challenges that we must face as agency owners to be successful. We have to have all 12 areas buttoned up if we want to reach our potential. So 
So what are we delivering here on Agency Freedom Podcast that you can't get somewhere else? The knowledge of what it takes to move from captive to independent. And if I may say so humbly without sounding like I'm bragging too much, uh, we've kicked some serious tail in the last two years. We just had our two-year anniversary with Riskwell, and we've written a little bit over $3 million in premium. We are in Texas. I have to acknowledge uh, that there is some systemic advantages to being in Texas. Our premium volume and average account volume is much higher than most uh, states. I'm sorry if you're listening from the state of Wyoming or Idaho, but the premium volume is many multiples of your averages there. So that's part of it. But we've had a lot of success. I've made a lot of uh, silly mistakes that I've definitely learned from. And I've taken some notes along the way. I have a, a journal and every Friday at 3 p.m., I journal my thoughts on the week. Lessons learned, challenges overcome, the wins, how we achieved the wins. And we're going to be sharing all of that with you guys. Completely open book and authentic. Uh, there are three things, three words, and they all start with A because alliteration is great when you're doing this sort of list thing. There are three things you can expect Agency Freedom Podcast to be consistently. The first is authentic. We're not going to put any faces on here. We're not going to try to impress anyone or have this be some sort of ego stroke. Uh, there's lots of easier, more direct ways to stroke an ego rather than put a podcast together and hope that people like you and think you're cool or whatever. Um, so you can expect authenticity. We're going to be real and vulnerable and share exactly uh, what real life is in, in our space. And when we start bringing guests on, which will happen uh, probably three months from now, um, as far as the episode release goes, probably somewhere between six and 10 episodes of setting the stage and talking about each of these uh, 12 areas and really hone in the narrative so you know exactly what to expect. And people that come in later can draw from these first episodes to really get the core of the message, the core of the argument that we then build on from the foundation once we start having guests in. So you can expect authentic content and interviews, of course. The second is you can expect us to be actionable. If we're not actionable, if you can't take what we are putting out there and put it into practice in your agency, with your flavor, with your staff, with your market, with your product mix, with your carrier mix, if you can't be actionable and have deliverable, measurable value in your office, then honestly, I really don't see the point in doing this thing. Back when I was in grad school, uh, one of my uh, mentors, my, um, my professors, said basically that theory without application is like mental masturbation. It is stimulating and there's a lot of activity, but in the end, there's nothing happening. Uh, there's no deliverable. Uh, the process doesn't happen the way that it should. And obviously that is a, a crass way of describing the process, but theory without application I really do question the value of that. So you can count on us always delivering the actionable along with the, the ideas. The implementation is the most important part because all the great ideas, all the great little nuggets here and there on whatever podcast or book or radio show you're listening to, if you don't implement, then I don't even know the value of, of what you're doing other than telling yourself that you're really smart. Uh, there's no deliverable without implementation. So the third A, what you can count on from us 
is that we will be audacious. And I got to be honest, I looked it up in Webster. Um, I, I was looking for a third A word, something in the, the bold and fearless space. And um, Webster's says the audacious, the word audacious is a willingness to take surprisingly bold risks. And some synonyms are bold, daring, fearless, intrepid, brave, unafraid, and unflinching. And you can definitely count on Agency Freedom Podcast to be all of those things. Do I want to have a million listeners and, you know, 100,000 downloads and subscribers a month? Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. But do I want that at the expense of being um, who we are and staying on message and not worrying if we ruffle some feathers or, you know, cause people to be a little bit uncomfortable where they are? You're going to be motivated to action. I can promise you that. So authentic, actionable, and audacious. That's what you can expect from us. So if, uh, if you're still listening at this point, great. We've got over the first hurdle and you haven't already shut me off. So let's move forward together. First thing I want to do is talk about some of the, 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 the positives of the captive channel because I don't want this to seem like some sort of bash festival where we're just going to come in here and be all salty and bitter about the captive channel and say that there's nothing redeeming or or good about it at all. And we'll unpack some of this more in future episodes. We'll go into a lot more detail. But the simple fact of the matter is most people that come into the the insurance industry, greater than 50% statistically, start in some sort of captive insurance role, whether it's opening a scratch agency or coming in Maybe you had some, some cash and, and liquidity and you purchased an existing agency. Maybe you came in as a team member, an outside sales producer. Most people start in the captive world. And the captive world, generally speaking, has a couple of very big positives for people that don't have a background in insurance. The first is most of these carriers have a really strong training culture where they're good at bringing people in who are not licensed, who don't know anything about the industry and developing their basic, you know, 101 sort of insurance knowledge. Boys and girls, this is a deductible. This is coinsurance. This is coverage A on a homeowner's policy. This is what a general liability class code looks like. All the super basic stuff that the carriers in the independent world are just never going to teach someone. Those things happen in abundance on the captive side. They do a great job of training and development in the basics. Not necessarily in sales skills, in closing a deal, in how to be a business owner, in operations, in hiring, in all of these other things that we'll talk about in detail in future episodes. But they do a great job of front-end onboarding and training. And the second thing they do really well is branding and positioning. They have you drinking the Kool-Aid like nothing else. And they do a really good job of it for the certain certain kinds of people. They drink the Kool-Aid and never stop drinking it. And they're captive agents for their whole career. Um, spoiler alert, I used to be a farmer's agent here in the Dallas area. And as an aside, if you are you know, expecting me to come in here and bash farmers, that's just not going to happen. Um, they are great for some people. And I was... I was reasonably successful for a number of years with them, uh, farmers and specifically uh, Gary Edmonds in District 52 in Texas were very good to me. They provided for my family 
that gave me an opportunity to enter an industry that I love. Uh, and there is, there's a lot of positives in the captive world. For some people, it's the right fit. For a lot of people, it's, it's not the right fit. Uh, there is uh, corporate structure, there is rigidity, there is uniformity and conformity in marketing, in branding, in, in sales. Uh, there is really no identity at the agency level. One of the things we'll talk about later, and this is a very simple fact, the captive carrier really doesn't care which one of their agents gets the business as long as the carrier gets the business. And that was one thing that was a big component in my desire to find something for myself was the realization that I can do the absolute best job possible in marketing and sales and positioning myself. But when I'm a captive carrier, the prospect, the customer, they see the brand of the carrier before they see my name. And I can do everything right and someone else down the street who has the same brand next to their name is just as likely as I am to reap the benefits because their brand is the same as my brand if I'm towing the line. So as we look at the positives for the captive channel, those are really the two main things, you know, training and development, the onboarding, the insurance 101 sort of thing, and then giving someone basically a lunchbox full of stuff to eat and, and to play with. You know, the product, um, the product mix, one auto policy, one homeowner's policy, one umbrella, one bop, one work comp, one professional liability. It's, it's basically paint by numbers. So the, the positives of the captive agency world, the captive distribution channel are there, um, but that's really the end of what we're going to talk about from a positive perspective. So um, we'll discuss that in more detail later on in very specific areas, comparing and contrasting. Um, but for now, that's enough. So we're going to move on now to discussing very briefly the 12 core areas that you can expect to see covered in detail in the upcoming episodes here on Agency Freedom. And then this is really the thread that will weave itself through the entirety of this podcast, however long it is. You know, I intend on doing this uh, for at least a couple of years, hopefully get a couple hundred episodes out of this thing at a minimum, and, and we'll see what happens over time. But the four, four, that's not even the right number. I'm not sure where that came from. Sorry. <laughs> the 12, 12 was the number, not four. The 12 areas that we're going to talk about, uh, making your freedom jump. And I'm just going to run through these. Uh, we will have notes. We will have an email distribution list. It's not ready yet for this first episode, uh, but it will be ready very soon. You'll be able to text a particular number with AFP. AFP is going to be the code. And you'll be able to sign up for our email distribution list where you'll get all of these notes and these resources and links and other just thoughts and nuggets uh, delivered straight to your inbox on a regular basis. So you don't have to worry about uh, driving in your car and missing something that you're going to want to pay attention to later. These 12 areas are a perfect example. So I'm just going to run through them real quick. Operational is the first one. Then social, technological, contractual, physical, innovational, financial, which also includes accounting, then environmental, legal, regulatory, internal, and moral. Those are the 12 areas. We're going to be discussing all of them, 
both the positive elements and the negative, the, the threats and challenges, things that you need to be aware of as you are getting ready to make your freedom jump from the captive world to the independent world. And once you are here, once you are flying the independent flag, those same 12 areas are what you need to be focusing on to achieve market domination, to thrive as an IA. Hey, Freedom Jumper, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. So, that is really where we are going for the next, after this episode, somewhere in six, eight, ten episodes. I'm not entirely sure. It depends on how long it takes us to get through each of those 12. Somewhere between six and ten episodes, we will unpack those 12 areas in detail. After that, we're going to start having guests on the show. The kind of people that I'm going to bring to you are former captives. Everyone is going to have an origin story of their independent journey. Everyone is going to be able to speak to successes that they had as a captive and how exactly they made their freedom jump to the independent side. And they'll be able to share with you best practices and uh, mistakes made along the way and help you identify the challenges that you face in your own uh, journey from captive to independent to market domination. Also sprinkled in, and this is something that a lot of people are probably going to be very excited for. I know that because I'm excited for it, and I'm the one hosting the show. We're going to have something that not really anyone else is doing. It's going to be called Solution Spotlight. It's going to be once or twice a month we'll have a bonus episode that will probably drop on a Tuesday. And that Solution Spotlight episode, I'm going to sit down with a subject matter expert in a particular vertical. Most of this is going to be commercial because that's kind of where my focus is. Our office is about 30% personal lines, about 70% commercial. Solution Spotlight is going to be a deep dive for probably 15 minutes or so where I just sit down with an expert in a vertical. Um, you know, David Carruthers has work comp in middle market. Um, but there's any number of people that we can talk to. Uh, Justin Sloan, my colleague up in Connecticut, very good in the real estate investor space, just like we are. Um, Joe Campert or Cameron Pecha for, for trucking. Uh, there's, gosh, I could just think of a dozen verticals off the top of my head, but that would bore you right now. We're going to run through each of these in a solution spotlight episode where we dig in and talk about the coverage items that are critical for that vertical, the exclusions and endorsements that you should be aware of, how to specifically prospect that vertical. We're going to dig in on a very specific level for one particular vertical on those Solution Spotlight episodes and have that conversation with someone that is a legitimate expert 
in that vertical. So stay tuned for that. That'll probably start uh, right about the time we start doing the interviews. We're probably a couple of months away from releasing our first solution spotlight, but I think that is going to be a lot of fun uh, for those uh, of you that are sticking with us. So to wrap up this episode, I'm going to give you my origin story of exactly how I came from outside of the industry, became a captive owner, a captive agency owner, I should say, and then what happened and how do we start to make the move, uh, make the freedom jump to the independent side. So back the clock back uh, to the summer of 2012. I'm living in Nacogdoches. I just graduated a year before my grad school. I have a master's degree in communication with an emphasis in public speaking and crisis management. Graduated from Stephen F. Austin, Axum Jacks. I will uh, bleed purple forever. Uh, It's a great experience. And we were still living in Nacogdoches at the time. And I was in one dead-end job after another. I was you know, working in food service management at the time, disillusioned, didn't have a career path. I had thought I was going to be a surgeon in undergrad, and I had every intention of being an uh, orthopedic or neurosurgeon. And I got to uh, organic chemistry in my junior year, and I failed it with flying colors. Not, not just squeak by and, oh, I barely failed it. No, man, it's like, you know what? I'm going to drop this class because I'm failing with uh, fantastic results. So my dream of being a physician, a surgeon, died at that point, um, but not for loss because now we have quite an opportunity to speak uh, to medical professionals. And we'll talk about that uh, later on down the road, how, how the good Lord uh, redeemed what could have been a bad thing and, and made it a great thing. So here we are in the summer of 2012, and I come home from my dead-end job. At this point, I'm, I'm in some pretty deep depression, I, I've come to realize uh, years later. And I, I got home from work and my wife was standing in the kitchen. We didn't have kids at this point. It was just her and I. We'd been married for about two years at this point. I walk in and she's got the look on her face of, it's about to go down. You know, that, that heavy look um, that people get in their eyes. Like my wife had that on her face. And she said, look, here's the deal. Remember it like it was yesterday. She said, here's the deal. I love you. I just don't like you. You're not any fun to be around. And then I remember this for the rest of my life. She said, you are a black hole of negativity. And then we go on to have a two-hour conversation about the course of my life and what am I doing? What is my career? What does this look like? What, what do I want to do? What is the passion? Uh, what is something that will drive me? Because, man, I had three bad bosses in a row. That was part of the frustration. I had three experiences in a row where I cared more than my boss cared. I worked harder than my boss did. And I'm pretty sure I was a lot smarter than my boss. And this happened three times in a row. And Allison, God bless her, she said, look, you're not going to be happy unless you're the one who's responsible for your success. If you're answering to someone else, if you're forced to work inside of someone else's system, If you're forced to play by someone else's rules, you're never going to be happy. You have to be the one to look in the mirror and be responsible for what happens in your life, for our life, when you're providing for our family. You have to be the one in charge. You're wired like that. You're not wired to be an employee. And I'm really grateful that she knew me as well as she did because she basically drop kicked me into entrepreneurship. And she said, I have no idea what you're going to do. I don't know what the industry is, but you're going to do it. Get your resume ready and get out there 
and figure out what you're going to do. And at that point, it was 2012, so CareerBuilder and Monster.com were the big job search sites at that point. So when you were looking for a job, that's where you went. So I put my resume out there, and literally days later, um, I got a call from a headhunter at Farmers, and this lady um, said she was calling from East Texas. She was calling from Lufkin. And after a a pleasant, brief conversation, I told her flatly, look, I don't have the slightest bit of interest in opening an insurance agency in East Texas. I don't know anything about insurance, but if you guys are serious about wanting to talk to me, have somebody in Dallas give me a call. And I was blowing her off. I I didn't expect that to happen. I I had no knowledge whatsoever of the insurance industry at that point. And what do you know? About 20 minutes later, Heather Verity, God bless her, she's my farmer's mom, uh, she recruited me. And we interviewed with farmers and we made the decision to open a farmer's agency. And looking back on it now, it seemed like absolute insanity. I mean, just sheer marvelous insanity the way that we did this. Because we moved to Dallas from Nacogdoches. We had $1,200 in the bank. My wife hadn't even officially started uh, her job yet. We didn't have any friends in the area. We didn't have a natural market. I had no prospects. I had no industry experience. We didn't have anything to fall back on. It was nothing but plan A and only plan A. No book of business, straight hustle from zero. And man, the first 18 months were absolutely brutal. They were the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It literally put me in the hospital getting a spinal tap and thinking that I had cancer or something. I had a persistent headache that lasted months. It was like migraine level of pain. Stress like I've never even imagined. That was the hardest thing I've ever done. And over the course of the next uh, roughly four, four and a half years, I was indistinguishable from any other captive agent. I was as generic as sliced white bread. Uh, it, It was, looking back on it now, it's kind of silly to think how uninteresting I was. You know, I did all the things. I I bought internet leads. I begged realtors and loan officers for referrals with nothing to offer them other than the same things that everybody else offers them. I really had no idea what my brand was, what my message was, what my compelling value offering was. I didn't know anything. I was just like everybody else, which is exactly what farmers wanted me to be. Uh, They wanted a loyal clone uh, who looks and sounds like everybody else because that's the way that the carrier is most successful. And in 2016, in 2016, I had been in the industry for about four years at that point. I wanted to advance my education. And I looked into options to get some uh, advanced training, to get a professional designation, get letters after my name. And I really didn't care about the life side of things. That's part of the reason why the captive world wasn't for me. Um, They force you to sell everything. And in order to bonus correctly, you have to sell a little bit of everything or a lot of everything, including life insurance and financial services. And um, I'm not really a a big fan of that, honestly. So uh, that's a different story we'll get into on a a later episode. But I was in a room with other people for these, these designation classes. And the one that I ended up selecting, the first one was the CIC program, the Certified Insurance Counselor Program through the National Alliance for Insurance education and research, commonly referred to as simply the National Alliance. And I'm in that room and I'm looking around 
and I'm looking at nameplates and I'm looking at the roster and the roster tells you, you know, what company this person is from and what their role is. If they're an underwriter, an actuary uh, in the production side of insurance, etc. And I'll be darned if I'm not only the only farmer's agent in the room, I was also the only captive agent in the room. Every single person in that room was on the independent side of insurance. And at this point, I was completely ignorant of exactly how that works, how the independent side of the industry works. I didn't really know anything about it. But I'm sitting here in the CIC class, and I'm having these conversations with people during the breaks and at lunch and whatever. And I got so tired of answering the question, why are you a captive agent? You're here. You're asking good questions. You're obviously engaged. This is something you're good at. Why are you a captive agent? And there was so much condescension in their voice. It was almost they didn't understand why I was a captive just as a category. It wasn't a problem with farmers. It was a problem with the captive channel as a whole. And that really got me thinking. It's like, am I missing something here? So I started digging. I started looking around and I kind of put it on the shelf for a while. We got, uh, we had a client back then and he was a real estate investor. He had nine rentals. Remember it like it was yesterday because I won this guy. And then we put his nine rentals on nine policies with Foremost. And Foremost is one of our carriers now. They're a perfectly good, perfectly adequate carrier. Lots of positives there. But Foremost was my only option as a farmer's agent who wants to place a, a dwelling fire policy, a landlord policy. So we placed it. And it was like, ooh, that's, um, that's a nice premium. That's some nice commission. I, I like working with real estate investors. And I made a decision at that point to start putting effort into real estate investors as a vertical. It was my first time really doing anything in a niche, a niche situation. And over the course of the next couple of years, it became something I was very good at. And we were going to events and having you know, opportunities to meet lots of people in the industry. And I come to realize that from a competitive position, I was woefully under-resourced. And all of these people expected me, wanted me to be an independent agent. They wanted me to have the ability to go to the open market and deliver the solution that meets their needs. I can't tell you how many times I had someone say, James, I really like you. You seem like you know your stuff, but I'm not going to do business with you because you're a captive agent. You only have one product. And I know that that's not going to meet my needs. I need to work with an independent broker. And man, I just heard that so many times. And it got to the point that we realized if we were going to be successful, we had to really consider what the long term looked like. And we'll talk about this in more detail in future episodes, but it really became a question of vision. What did the carrier want? What were they presenting as their vision, their version of success when you're an agent representing that carrier? They wanted multi-line production. They wanted some personal, some specialty, some commercial, some life, some financial services. They wanted an agent that was going to be doing a little bit of everything. And that just didn't really jive with me. I understand the value of life insurance. I really do. It is critically important. And I think most everyone should have life insurance. Definitely. 
But for me as a professional, I'm not the least bit interested in talking about it. It doesn't get me out of bed in the morning. I'm not excited for it. Do I want to partner with a top-notch life insurance specialist to the people that I'm working with that say, hey, um, what about life insurance? Um, I have someone to talk to. Yeah, now we have um, the privilege of working with several really solid life insurance uh, partners here. And the fact that we don't do life insurance, that we don't do financial services, means that there's an opportunity to develop a channel partnership for mutual benefit. And we'll, we'll have a whole thing about channel partners down the line. Uh, we are uh, running a little bit longer than I had planned on this episode. I wanted 30, 35 minutes to get you guys out the door. We'll be a little bit past that. Um, but I think this is really good stuff here. We got to the point that it became very clear that the vision that the carrier had for what their ideal agent was going to do and going to look like was fundamentally different from my vision of what I wanted, where I saw my agency going, where I wanted my team to be, the kind of clients that I wanted to work with, the kind of messaging, the kind of branding, the, the, the value that I wanted to deliver to my perfect client. The carrier that I was representing was not equipped to do what I wanted to do and I wasn't interested in being what they wanted. And it was starting to cause friction. Uh, I, I had some calls from corporate people saying, um, you don't need to have your own email address. You don't need to have your own website. I noticed you've got a logo on your website. We don't want you to have your own logo. And at that point, I was a little bit uh, immature about it. And I basically said, I'm going to do what I want. If you guys don't like it, then screw you. And uh, that didn't work out too well. I, I definitely got my hand slapped a couple of times. But it became very clear that we were on two different paths, that the right path was the independent path. And that is what started the process of me looking at other options specifically. And I reached out to uh, a number of local uh, independent offices um, about the potential of getting on as a producer and then spinning off later. I also talked with a number of clusters and aggregators and we'll have a conversation, an episode about the different ways of doing business in the independent world. Because there are several different flavors of being an independent agent, as you will find out uh, if and when you make that freedom jump and come on over. There are clusters and aggregators and alliances that help you get the carrier appointments, that help you with training, that help you with all the things that you need to be successful. There are some people that laugh and scoff and say, oh, you don't need that. You can do it by yourself. And there's definitely some truth to that. You can do it by yourself. I didn't want to do it by myself. I wanted to be able to get those contracts with the carriers to get those pre-negotiated bonuses and contingency options, to get the support, the ongoing coaching uh, that frankly I was used to getting. Uh, Gary Edmonds and his team at, uh, at Farmers, my district manager, were absolutely phenomenal. Like Jacqueline Newman is a world-class um, insurance professional. I'll put her on par with anyone else. She truly cares about the agents that she was working with. Uh, I felt that she was a friend. And just as an example, uh, Gary's staff was the sort of relationship from a coaching, from a, a, a guidance perspective that I recognized the need for. And I ended up going uh, and signing with SIAA. Uh, which is a controversial thing by itself because SIAA is by far, by almost double the second place. Uh, they're the largest cluster uh, and alliance of independent agents. They represent uh, more than 6,000 
independent agents and more than $9 billion in premium. That's billion with a B. I started with them um, and sold the farmer's agency. I got appointed with um, the local representative of SIAA. Uh, they're broken up into what they call master agencies, like many clusters are. It's basically a, a regional um, hub, uh, coaching and, and support and, and all of those things. I'm working with Coverica, and they are basically the, the support here in the DFW area in Texas. And gosh, the, the last two years since we launched, we opened RiskWell on April 1st of 2019. And it has been the most fun that I've ever imagined in, in a career. I'll be doing this until the day that, uh, that I die in some capacity, until the good Lord calls me home. I, I have no desire to do anything else with my career. Never had as much fun as I've had the last two years. Yes, it's been incredibly challenging, as we'll talk about in detail, um, in, in all the different ways that it's been challenging with those 12 areas that we spoke about before. But two years down and 30-something years to go, I have no interest in selling to one of the big nationals uh, like so many people are, are doing. I'm what you call a lifer. So that's our origin story. We'll get into some more detail in some of those points. Um, but yeah, it, the farmer's world, the farmer's life was good for me and my family for a number of years uh, until it wasn't. Uh, I wish them well. Uh, there is certainly a place for uh, people in that world to be successful uh, to a certain degree. And that's really all there is to it. And that's basically the end of our first episode here. So if you're still watching, if I haven't run you off with my rambling, then I'm guessing that what I'm saying is somewhat compelling for you, uh, that there is something here that you want more of. So connect with me on social. You can find me very easily on LinkedIn, on Facebook. I'm not very active on Instagram or Twitter. It's just not really my jam. I'm, I'm a little too old, <laughs> not nearly cool enough for TikTok or whatever else comes after that. So um, we will very soon in the near future uh, have a group on Facebook for uh, listeners uh, to have our own little community of Agency Freedom Podcast, probably call it uh, Freedom Jumpers or something like that to be on brand with what we're building here. But thanks so much for listening to this. I look forward to connecting with you on social. Uh, feel free to drop me an email. You can call us at the office uh, but I really would prefer you to drop the email uh, if that is okay with you because there's going to be hundreds and thousands of people uh, that are listening to this thing before too long. So the email address you can use is podcast at riskwell.com. That's podcast at riskwell.com. And that's it for today, boys and girls. Please remember, um, be safe and fun and all those things out there. I almost did my risk while tagline because I'm so used to it. <laughs> and no, I'm not going to edit it out because it's silly. And I want you guys to know that I wasn't kidding when I said this is authentic. Um, gosh, that's just habit. Please remember, life is risky. Risk well. Um, that is, uh, that's not the tagline here. So our tagline for Agency Freedom Podcast is simply from captive to indie to market domination. So there you go. From captive to indie to market domination. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, boys and girls, make it a great day. We'll talk to you soon.